0: Welcome once again to The Last Word. Hey everybody, it's Laz coming to you this week with episode 7 of The Last Word. That's right, we are on our 7th episode here at the show, and we've got a lot to talk about following up on last week's show about sports, Black Lives Matter, and politics, and we're going to get right into it because there is a ton to discuss. So, following up from last week, as I mentioned, I received a very well-written and well-crafted email from a fan by the name of Carl. First, I'd like to say, Carl, thanks for listening. Thanks for your feedback, and of course, for your email. It's greatly appreciated. In his email, Carl brought up some fantastic points with regards to sports from the local and college level to the professional level. So I'm actually going to read what Carl has written um, and sent into the show with his blessing. So here we go. Okay, let's go. Carl writes, anxious to add my voice to the increasing din of those queuing up to express their opinion on professional, collegiate, and high school sports prior to the fall season. Here goes. There seems to be only two options regarding fall sports, play or don't play. Both sides seem to have valid arguments. The powers that be left the decision-making to the respective leagues, conferences, or local jurisdictions, respectively. My thoughts at the time of this writing are that once the first conference announces their decision, all the others will be quick to announce theirs. I must say that my opinion has somewhat evolved during this COVID mess. Around mid-April, when there seemed to be no foreseeable end to the nationwide lockdown, frustration was high, depression from being cooped up was on the rise, the prospect of sports resuming offered a glimmer of hope to an otherwise dreary way of life. In the past, sports were one of the few things that brought people together, regardless of their religious, ethnic, gender, or political affiliation. Sports served as an escape. Something to look forward to after a hard day or week's work. You could forget about your job, your finances. All your problems will patiently wait for you until the game is over. Now the COVID situation magnifies life's negatives, increases depression, and puts an emphasis on your financial situation. Some are content to affix the blame for the problems of the world to a person or group. Many of us long for an escape. Sports stands poised to resume its role as that escape mechanism. But wait. Sports have taken a step outside of the historic place in the American lifestyle and taken a self-appointed political stance. Well, not so much a stance, but has allowed itself to be used as a platform of political expression. It's ironic, especially in the NFL, how things have changed in less than 40 years. During the 1986 season, Chicago Bears quarterback Jim McMahon wore a headband with Adidas displayed on it. The commissioner at that time, Pete Rozelle, imposed a $5,000 fine on McMahon, so during the playoff, McMahon sported a headband with Rozelle emblazoned on it. For years after the headband incident, the NFL took a hard line on uniformity and towing the line. On September 11, 2001, when our country was attacked from an enemy outside our borders, every NFL uniform displayed a commemorative patch to remember those who died that day. That was the one exception. Exactly a year after that, one of the NFL all-time greats, Johnny Unitas, died. The NFL forbid Peyton Manning of the Indianapolis Colts from paying tribute by wearing high-top cleats during the game, one of Johnny U's trademarks. They have denied other displays of support by players for various causes, autism, domestic violence, police officer slayings, breast cancer awareness, All of these are noble causes that impact a large majority of people across many ethnic, gender, and socioeconomic backgrounds. We haven't even broached the subject of kneeling during the national anthem, and we won't at this time. What it boils down to is money. Professional sports depends on revenue from TV, endorsements, royalties, and ticket sales. They place their finger into the air to see which way the financial winds blow and pick the side of their double standard, which will continue to net the most income. Gone are the days when the only sign of politics in professional sports was when the president threw out the first pitch. Hey, Major League Sports, drop the politics. Play ball. Now on to college sports. Oh, it's still about the money. The pie just has fewer pieces. There is no collective bargaining. Let's look at the largest concentration of fall sports money for colleges, football. Small towns, he says, across the country that most people have never heard of let alone considered vacationing there with their families, get a huge fiscal shot in the arm to to the tune of several hundreds of thousands of dollars during football season. Coaches want to play. Towns need the money. Colleges need the money. Otherwise, they will have to consider cutting a lot of sociology-related courses that the only career path is teaching those courses in college. Ouch, Carl. He goes on to say, Players hope to one day play in the NFL that has no minor league. They don't want anything to interfere with their essentially three-year tryout period. The lawyers for the colleges want to make sure that all the potential liabilities can be avoided. My bet is that the lawyers will win this match. Now let's look at the sports minus the money, but those who stand to lose the most for not playing. High school. High school athletes are enriched by the experience. They are still learning the value of teamwork playing for the love of the game, and other valuable life lessons. It's not just wins and losses. Very few will play in college. Even fewer will play professionally. They have a four-year window, and many will never play organized sports again. Playing for your school team is an integral part of the high school experience. For some, participating in sports is just as much a rite of passage as walking across the stage to receive your diploma. Some pro teams are playing without fans in the stands. College sports are up in air. Some high schools are taking a wait-and-see approach based on their observations of colleges. Some have postponed their fall sports. The ones with the most to lose stand to lose. Not everything has a price attached to it, or does it? Signed, Carl. Carl, thanks for the email, my friend. What a fantastic, fantastic op-ed there. I love it. Uh, Very well-written I hope I did it justice. I stumbled a little bit there, I'm sure, reading through. But I will tell you, this was a well-thought-out, well-crafted message. My applause, my friend. Well done. Boom, baby! Yeah, boom, baby. You nailed it. All right. Well, I got to tell you, I I agree with Carl here, um, you know, that uh, some of these decisions are just detrimental to society as a whole i mean no sports do not make the world go round and i for one am one of those people who i enjoy sports but i don't live for sports that said what happens in sports today what is happening in sports today seems to be the way of the world and now that the nfl and um the commissioner of the nfl have taken the stance of allowing themselves to be a political pawn, I don't see sports playing much of a role in my life moving forward because I see other leagues doing exactly the same thing, Major League Baseball, uh, the NBA. The only league that I see that has taken a stand for true values and history and tradition of things that have happened in the past at this point that I've seen is the NHL. And I'd love to say that I have more time to watch that, but I simply don't. But I would say if you're interested in watching sports, then start watching the ones that actually pay attention to their fans. And right now, it looks like the NHL might be the only one that's doing that. But that's my opinion. More violence from BLM as we uh, see these peaceful protesters, BLM and Antifa, or Antifa, however you want to say. Uh, They have absolutely crossed the line, folks. According to Portland police, there was a driver that was uh, in a in a truck and uh, he and his um, passenger were defending a transgender woman who apparently is being alleged that they were defending a transgender woman who had something stolen from her near. Southwest 4th and Taylor Street in Portland, and um, it looks like this mob of people, seemingly Black Lives Matter protesters and uh, Antifa, they pulled him out of his vehicle and beat the ever-living hell out of him. So here's a word to these punks. You're not a protester when you do these types of things. You have taken on criminal behavior, and you're a piece of crap. And you're now a rioter. Okay, so get that through your heads. And the media needs to realize that. And so does everyone on the left. And of course, no arrests have been made. And it is absolutely sickening. If you look at the images, you look at the videos, you hear the language, you hear the things that are being said in the background, you know that these are not peaceful protesters. And what is the media doing Not a damn thing about it. They're not covering it the way that they cover anything else. They're turning a blind's eye to it. They'll post a line here or there. And to that point, MSN.com shared a story from the Washington Post. It was one damn sentence. It literally said a man was seriously injured August 16th when protesters beat him. He crashed his truck on a sidewalk in Portland that's it. No context. No, hey, this is an atrocity. Nothing. They just put one stinking line out there. And this is the hypocrisy of the left that absolutely continues. So while no arrests were made, I would hope that it means no arrests have been made yet. But the question is, Portland police, what the hell are you waiting for? Well, we had a first, folks. We had a first. The first online or virtual national convention happened this week, and it happened for the Democrats. The Democratic National Convention um, had their typical players come out, and in true fashion, one of them was Michelle Obama, and of course, true to her fashion, it was more pandering, more divisiveness, and just flat-out lies. She stated that Donald Trump is the wrong person President of the United States for this country, citing that he had had more than enough time to prove that he can do the job. But he has proved that he is in over his head, she said. What? The implication, of course, that Sleepy Joe has all the answers. No way. No how. You know, I I find that quite interesting, frankly. So Biden served with your husband, Michelle. And in case you happen to forget, um, I don't remember him mentioning all these great solutions that he had, or any of them coming up during your husband's presidency, do you? How about no? And why would Joe have all the answers now? I mean, if he didn't have them as our nation's VP, did they just miraculously pop into his head? I can't imagine that being the case when it seems Joe can't put a sentence together, for the love of God. Additionally, if he did have all these answers and he could do the job, then what the hell has he been doing for the last several decades that he's been in D.C.? Go ahead. You can answer. I'll wait. In typical liberal fashion, Mrs. Obama continued her temper tantrum-like tirade, accusing President Trump of ripping migrant children from their parents. And she's repeating nothing more than this frequent and distorted point, by the way, that's made widely by Democrats. Um, The bottom line is what she didn't say and where the lie comes into play is that these very same quote unquote cages were built and used by her husband's administration for the very same purpose of holding migrant children temporarily. Well, Mrs. Obama, let me remind you of a lesson that I would hope your parents taught you. Omitting even a part of the truth is lying. But after eight years of watching you and your husband lie to the American people and fuel the fires of racism, I'm not surprised. No, you're a liar. Trump used these facilities, by the way, that were built during the Obama Biden administration to house children at the border. That is true. They are chain link enclosures inside border facilities where the children were temporarily housed, separated by sex and age. And if you remember, there were pictures of these children in the enclosures, and it generated a ton of anger from the left and from liberals all over. But wait, those photos? Yeah, they came from the Associated Press, and they were taken back in 2014 and depicted some of the thousands of unaccompanied children that were held by who? None other than President Barack Obama. Well, well, well. And guess what happened when that came out? All of a sudden, liberals all over were deleting these pictures and posts from their tweets and Facebook pages and everything. So, you know what? It's a bunch of crap. Yeah, we did separate children from their families. No, I don't think it was the best practice. But it wasn't something that hadn't been done in the past. So Michelle Obama, Bernie and the rest of the intellectually dishonest left out there, don't act like this was a Trump policy because it wasn't. The only thing Trump did was he said, listen, we have to have a zero tolerance policy at our borders. We have to separate people so that we know who's who and what's what. That's it. That's all he did. And he didn't do it for long. He stopped doing it because of all of the uproar in the country and the division that it was causing. He said, you know what? it's not worth it at this point. If the American people are that much against it and we're getting that kind of pushback from it, then we're going to stop that procedure. And he did. So it's a non-issue at this point. Not only did Trump not start it, he ended it anyway, as far as the, uh, the Democratic Convention last night. You know, one of the things that I noticed, and this is kind of my take on it, that there were no new players. There were no rising stars coming up in the uh, Democratic National Convention. We didn't have any new speakers. And the media is spinning that. The media is completely spinning it. And why wouldn't they? I mean, the left owns them anyway. But you know what? It's also because they just think that we're dumb. They think that the American public is stupid and that we're going to buy their BS narrative that, you know, there's not really a lot of time. There's only 70 days or so away from the election. And then we, of course, we're dealing with COVID and it was the first ever virtual convention. So who knew how any of these speakers were going to be taken in a virtual setting as opposed to a crowd of people where the reactions would be noticed and et cetera. So... That's the spin that the media is putting out there. Oh, that's bullshit. Yep. My thoughts exactly. But let me tell you something. My take, they don't have any rising stars. Because if they did, that person would be their nominee. Not Joe Biden. Don't think for one minute that if they really had someone, if they really had someone that they could back, or if they really had someone that they felt could really rile their bases, That was a new rising star within the Democratic Party. Don't think for one minute that they wouldn't have put that person out there to speak or they wouldn't pull them out and put them front and center. But guess what? They didn't. And since they didn't have anyone else, the only thing they could do was put up Sleepy Creepy Joe as their candidate and then resort back to their typical tactics like Michelle Obama verbally attacking President Trump and, in my opinion, attacking his character You know, I said all this back in March. Look, back in March, when COVID was coming to a head and businesses were shutting down, I said, this virus is not as deadly as everybody's saying it is, and that the the left and the liberals and the Dems were going to use this to cripple the economy, create a pandemic, to control the narrative, and scare the hell out of the American people. I said it numerous times. And to clarify and to be more specific, what I said was they needed to herd their sheep. And guess what? Last night's Democratic National Convention proved that that's exactly what they're trying to do. They pulled out all the stops that they could with John Kasich, who, by the way, that dude was never a serious contender, and he was never a real conservative Republican anyway. So getting him on your side, Libs, not a big win. Anyway... They pulled out Bernie and Michelle and they did exactly what I predicted they were going to do five months ago. They blame Trump for the pandemic. They blame him for the division, which is truly driven by the Obama administration and Bernie's own campaign. It's disgusting and even more disgusting. They do it right out in the open. And why? Why, you might ask, might they do it out in the open? Because they think we're stupid. That's why. I'm not stupid. I'm smart. They think that we won't or we don't see it. And you know what? Here's the sad part. Their base, their base won't see it. Their base is so blinded by the hatred for Trump that they can't see it. And yet they call us sheep. They call us unwoke. Get the hell out of here. The hypocrisy is egregious. The left continues to literally disgust me daily. So here's my message to them. You aren't going to win in November. Do all the polling you want. Use any conspiracy you choose. Fly any false flag that you want. We will see it. The silent majority sees it. And here's a little lesson on history and politics for you. It wasn't the visible part of the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. It was the unseen portion, the unexpected, that sunk that ship. And it's already happened to you once. And you didn't learn a thing from it, apparently. It's about to happen again When the silent majority says, we've had enough of your shit, and we get out there and we vote. And it sure as hell isn't going to be for Biden. And that's the last word. Damn! Hey, Baltimore Billy couldn't make it in this week. He's on vacation, but he says hi to everyone and looks forward to getting back into the studio. That's a wrap for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. We're nothing here without you, and we know it. So be sure to check us out and tell your friends how to reach us on the web at thelazword.com, Facebook and Instagram at thelazword, Twitter at thelazwordpod, and of course, you can always email me here at thelazword at gmail.com. Last but not least, be sure to subscribe so that you get notice of every episode. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. Until next time, take care, everybody, and God bless.